All right, so I have a confession to make. I've actually never been to Ireland. I found that on YouTube. <laughs> so uh, um, nevertheless, so what did you notice in that video? What happened? What happened? Yeah, there's lots of sheep. Okay. Yep, so there's a shepherd, and he was calling a sheep, and they, and they were coming, right? So uh, many of you who may have seen shepherds and sheep before, you've seen this, you've seen this happen. And if you noticed, uh, uh, these sheep were like running for like two minutes. So that means they, were, they had probably wandered out at least a half mile or, or a quarter mile away, and they were sprinting to come back. So they had wandered out so far. And... Uh, if you haven't already guessed, we're, this morning we're going to take a look at a passage in the Bible in which Jesus compares us to sheep and which Jesus is a good shepherd. And the shepherd has a call. And what we're going to learn this morning is how to respond to that call from the good shepherd. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn to John chapter 10. That's John chapter 10 in your seat Bibles, and uh, it'll be on the screen. I'll read it. John chapter 10, verses 1 through 15. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheephold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens a gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls out his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and grow freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him, and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hands run away because he's working only for money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and they know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. So here we have the parable of the good shepherd. And um, just to give you some background, the, the society of that time was an agrarian society. It was an agrarian pastoral farming society. So sheep and shepherds and lambs and all of these things were commonplace. And we know that, that uh, Jesus used to teach through parables, right? So he would teach through parables, and he would use metaphors that were commonplace to uh, society so they could understand the spiritual meaning 
that was behind them. So sheep and shepherds were common uh, throughout the parables. Remember in the nativity scene, there were sheep and shepherds and, and lambs and things. So throughout this time, uh, we know of the Pharisees, right? The Pharisees were the religious leaders uh, of that time in Jewish society. And the Pharisees were supposed to be the shepherds. They were supposed to be the shepherds of the people of Israel. They were supposed to be the shepherds leading the people to follow the ways of God. But Jesus was always upset with them because they weren't doing that. Oftentimes they were leading the people to follow their, their own desires and their own laws. So Jesus was very sad because he felt the people of Israel were like this flock that was scattered without a true leader to lead them. So um, when you think of sheep, uh, have, have all you guys seen sheep at some point in your life? Yeah. So uh, in New Jersey, we don't see them that often. But uh, if you see sheep, they're, they're not really the most intimidating creatures, right? They're really passive. They're, they're white and fluffy and, and, and round, and you just want to hug them, right? That, that's, all, that's all you want to do. You, like, there aren't any mascots for any sports team that are sheep, like maybe rams, like, you know, you know male sheep, I guess. But, but you, know, you don't see like white, fluffy sheep as any intimidating uh, mascots. So if you've seen sheep in real life, all they do is that their number one goal in life is to just meet their immediate needs, right? Just to have their immediate needs met. So, so what sheep do is as creatures, as a flock, they go wandering, right? They wander into different pastures to find green grass, to find plants, to find water, and, and they wander so far away. And, you know, there's a saying, there's, there might be greener pastures on the other side. So that's like sheep. They keep wandering uh, throughout land to find greener pastures. And oftentimes when sheep go out wandering, they find themselves in uh, difficult predicaments and often in danger. Uh, there are lots of stories every day in Ireland and New Zealand and places that sheep are common where, it's, where, it, where there's, a sh there's one sheep that was found like on the ledge of some cliff and a helicopter had to come and, and rescue it. And there are pictures of sheep out on the rocks in the ocean that, that need rescuing. So sheep always wander out and find themselves in uh, difficult circumstances and often danger. Sheep are prone to wander. They're prone to wander. That's who they are. And they're also defenseless. They're defenseless creatures. They need protection. That's why we never see a flock of sheep just sitting out there in the wild because, because they're a standing target for wolves and tigers and lions and, and, and all sorts of things. They need safety and protection. And they're also followers. We don't see sheep leading themselves. They need someone to lead them. So there's a reason why Jesus compares us to sheep. And it's because we, as human beings, we're also creatures that are, that are prone to wander, prone to wander places to find our needs and to try to have our needs met. So we wander. And sometimes we wander in trying to find uh, distractions, distractions like media. I know, I don't know about you, but for like two years, Optimum used to call me every Saturday to, to get me to sign up for their triple play. 
and they're on demand, and they're silver package, and they're platinum package, and, and all sorts of things. There's an unlimited amount of, of, of media, that, that, of distractions that we can just go and follow and follow and wander out. Um, I'm someone that really likes to read Wikipedia. I could spend hours on Wikipedia. I start reading about uh, meteorology and, and start clicking on all the hyperlinks, and three hours later, I'll be reading about the history of Disney World. And I don't know how that happens, but, but you find yourself going from distraction to distraction to distraction, being let out. When we follow these distractions, what happens is we sometimes end up isolated from everyone else. We end up isolated so far out from where we're supposed to have been. And our society in the West only fosters that, that sense of uh, individualism to try to find our own individual identity and to have our needs met. So as human beings, we, we long to have our physical and our emotional and, and our spiritual needs met. So we wander out. Oftentimes, like maybe some sheep, we, we wander out because of our lure of pride. Sometimes we say, you know what? I don't need a shepherd. I'm going to be my own shepherd. I'm going to find my own path. And oftentimes when we do that, we find ourselves in dangerous situations. They say pride is the root of, of all evil. Pride is the root of sin. And what essentially happens when we try to become our own shepherd, we, become, we try to become our own God. And we forget who God is. And what happens is we start justifying our own greed, our own anger, our own morality. We try to become our own God. And we've just seen through history that, that when society tries to be their own God, it ends up in disaster. You see, we, like sheep, are also creatures that are in need of guidance, that are in need of protection, and we need someone to follow. Oftentimes, we follow the lure of crafty voices that are out there, the crafty voice of the enemy that tries to lure us out so that we can wander to have our needs met. And sometimes the enemy is like a wolf that wants to steal, kill, and destroy from our life. And oftentimes when we wander out too far, we find ourselves in destruction, in a destructive lifestyle, in addiction, in lies, in pain, looking for fulfillment. So as we, as human beings, as we wander out and we go so far out from where we're supposed to be and, and we find ourselves in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the dark places, away from everything that we've known, far away, alone in the mess that we've made, in the sin that we sit in, trying to make our own selves, our own God, we hear a small and a still and a familiar loving voice. Jesus is a good shepherd. John chapter 10, verse 3. The sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his sheep by name. When you are far away and you begin to pray, we begin to hear a familiar voice, the voice of the good shepherd 
who after we have wandered out, he ventures out to come and find us and call us back. The Bible says that he knows us by name. Our parents know us by name. Knowing someone by name is something that's so deep, something that's so intimate. We remember the, uh, the other parable of sheep, uh, the parable of the lost sheep. You guys remember that? Where Jesus leaves the 99 to go out and find the one that had gotten lost. So Jesus is the good shepherd. So when he finds us, where is he going to take us? Why should we listen to the voice of the good shepherd? What is he going to do? In verse 10, Jesus says, My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. What does that mean? What does that, what does that look like? What does a rich and satisfying life look like? So I'm going to read for you uh, Psalm 23. And Psalm 23 gives us, uh, captures the essence of what this rich and satisfying life looks like. So as I read this, I want you to, to just close your eyes and just picture yourself being uh, a sheep that, that's being led, that, is, that has been rescued from from the storm, and is being led by Jesus. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely goodness and unfailing life will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, Jesus, the good shepherd, leads us to a rich and satisfying life. Whenever as sheep or whenever as human beings, we come to a crossroads and we have to make a decision between going the right direction and the wrong direction, instead of standing there in our own flesh trying to negotiate which way to go, the choice becomes easy for us. Because all we have to say now is, you know what? I don't have to negotiate this, this choice anymore. Jesus is going this way. He's my shepherd. He's going down this road. So I'm just going to follow him. In any choice we make, we just have to follow the direction that the shepherd is calling us to go. And as we do that, we start making good choices. As we start making good choices, we enter into a healthy lifestyle. And when we enter into healthy lifestyle and make right decisions, we enter a rich and satisfying life. It makes things easier when, when we're able to just follow the shepherd. Why can we trust the shepherd that we have? Why can we trust him? Verse 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 15 says, Just as my Father knows me, and I know the Father, 
So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Just as my Father knows me and I know the Father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. You see, Jesus is the good shepherd that leads us through life. But he's also led us from death into life by laying his, down, his life down for us. John 15, verse 13 says, The greatest love is shown when people lay down their lives for their friends. We can trust Jesus as our shepherd because he laid down his life so that we can cross from death to life. So we've talked a lot about uh, sheep. We talked a lot about um, Jesus being the shepherd. But the question I, we have is, is if, if Jesus is his good shepherd, how do we distinguish his voice? How do we understand what his voice is amidst all the other voices that are out there? How can we recognize his unmistakable and recognizable voice of the shepherd? And that is through prayer. That is through prayer. And prayer is what we've been talking about this whole summer. Prayer is actually positioning ourselves to hear the voice of God. Prayer is positioning ourselves to hear the voice of God. You see, prayer is both the starting point and the staying point in hearing the voice of the shepherd. I'll say that again. Prayer is both the starting point and the staying point in hearing the voice of the shepherd. Prayer is a starting point because when, when we wandered off so far and we get to the point where we can pray, we finally are able to let go of our pride and listen to the shepherd. We're finally able to put away all our distractions and get to a silent place where we get to know his voice to us. A very special, a very intimate, a very sacred voice. I have a nephew named, uh, named Jude. He's uh, just a toddler. He's a baby. And uh, we were over his house the other day, and, and my brother-in-law's house, sister-in-law's house, and there were all these people over, right? It, the house was so loud. And he was upstairs in the kitchen all the way on, on the left side of the house. And then and he loves his, his dad, Jake. He, he absolutely loves his dad, right? So um, Jake walks in, to, through the garage on the complete other end of the house and he starts talking to someone. Immediately, Jude hears his voice and just goes berserk. He just goes nuts because despite all the other voices there, he was able to recognize the voice of his father and he just went crazy. And he, You know how when you're holding a baby, they just start squirming and they know how to get out. They know if, they, if you just go like this and then they w wiggle your way out, they can, they can escape your, your trap, right? So he did all that because he just wanted to see his father. And after we know the father's voice, we grow in familiarity with him as we, as we walk with him daily. So prayer is a starting point. But prayer is also the staying point in hearing the voice of God. Prayer is positioning ourselves to hear the voice of God because by staying in prayer, we enter a lifestyle of walking close to the shepherd, like we saw on the video, right? 
on the video, the, the, the sheep were within a call's reach to the shepherd, and they were walking with him. You know, growing up uh, uh, as kids, our parents always tell us when we're outside, make sure you stay where I can what? See you, right? And also where you could hear me yell at you, right? So it's the same thing. We need to stay within the reach of the call of the shepherd as we are alone with him. So prayer is both the starting point and the staying point in hearing the voice of God. We're going to now enter into a time of communion, and I'm, I'm going to ask the band to, to come up and, and, and get ready. So for many of you here today, maybe today is your starting point in prayer. Maybe today is your starting point. Maybe you've never followed the call of the shepherd. So maybe today is your day. We know Jesus is the good shepherd who laid down his life, who left the 99 to venture out to find us. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, I've wandered off so far out. I've wandered out so far, I'm in danger. I'm too far for God to reach me. But if that's you, maybe this is your moment to respond to the voice of the shepherd. If that's you, as you come up to communion, just take the the bread and and dip it in the cup. And remember that at the cross is the illustration, the cross is the story of Jesus, the good shepherd, who gave his life for us. We read in the Bible that, that during the Last Supper, as the disciples were eating, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat, this is my body. And then he took the cup of wine and he gave thanks. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take, drink, this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It's poured out as a sacrifice for the forgiveness of many. So if that's you, we invite you up. And for some of you, maybe today, is your staying point in prayer. Maybe, maybe you've already made a decision to follow the shepherd, but you want to make a decision to say, you know what, I need to follow him more closely. I need to stay close with him so I'm always hearing this voice. I need to begin a lifestyle of walking with the shepherd. So if that's you, we also invite you to come up and take the, the bread and, and dip it in the cup. Maybe you're here today and, and this is all new to you and you know, you're just here to listen and, and, and we just want to, if that's you, we just want to bel- welcome you to remain at your seats. So all who follow Christ, come forward to receive his body and blood.